With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Mitch Michael, Zachary Cohen, Kenny Ducey on Tennis Bets Live Friday edition. ATP finals are a couple weeks away, but we got the Paris Masters into the quarterfinal round, the last main stop on the race to Turin to finish the season. The WTA finals are in full swing. We've got the final day of group play before we get to the semifinal round there. And a lot to talk about in the last three days since we last spoke to you. Kenny Ducey coming in hot as well. And I got to say both of you guys, because it hasn't always been roses, but trying to finish the year strong as well. It's not just the players. The gamblers on this show have done pretty well to uh, either extend a great year or maybe right the ship a little bit. Yeah, we got uh, we got opposing uh, storylines, which we discovered this week in the group chat, how uh, Zach has actually had an amazing season and I have had less than an amazing season. But I've really, I always, every year I always turn it on. At the end. I don't know what it is about Paris and the ATP finals and all these late season tournaments. I think it's just that there's, there's a little more value in the underdogs. There's a lot more upsets that happen with players fatigued. I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to recover some units. Um, and uh, Zico is trying to not lose some units, but I assured him that we will both be very profitable in January because yeah. we're going to be betting on Dan Kenny, Evans all month. Well, Kenny's I just want Felix OJ Aliasim of handicapping. I really am. I really, I'm, getting, I'm getting all my points right now. I just think it's funny that, Zico's the one who's had the the great year, and he's the one that's pessimistic going into next year. He's like, "This is too good." Yeah, beach for I'm not. Kenny's yeah, I'm not like worried about the end of this year because I've had a really good year. I'm worried about like starting over again and like not having the cushion that I have now because I feel like I could have like a losing streak for like of like two straight tournaments right now and still be fine. But like next year, if it happens, I got to build my way back up. It's a scary feeling. Yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. There's nothing more nerve wracking than your first debt, your first card, your first like five picks. You're like, if I just go zero and five to start, I, I'm never gonna recover. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it is a very uh, it's a very nervous time of the year. But that's why I like that we have Adelaide and those little tiny BS uh, Australian tournaments because you know you can kind of get warmed up. You can you can get Bodic Van de Zandt money line at minus one forty five and, and he he'll always win. He's a big time uh, Adelaide two uh, guy. He's getting yeah. hot right yeah. now. He's he's ready for Adelaide right now. I think he's, you want Adelaide he's getting for me. Ready. Yeah, and I I keep forgetting we're doing that. And you know the schedule does. <laughs> we can talk about the schedule a little later, but. There's a lot to discuss. We're in the middle of the Djokovic-Runa match, which I think is still, the game might have happened, and it's 3-all, but it's 3-2 at the time. I'm looking at the graphics. So, anyway, it's on serve early. We got some picks yep. and action All on right. that. We're going to get just held and so did 3 the, three there. There we go. So he does his little thing, you know, with the with the, he holds it in the middle of the racket. Yeah. yeah. Well, we could, we could start there with one of the picks, and there's some picks that have happened already, some good, some bad. But, Kenny, you like Holger plus four and a half games. Good start for that bet. It's even money. Going into this match, Djokovic, who you know had the test with Greeks, poor little eventful match, not clear to his best level. Uh, Altmaier, who you know, Kenny, you were saying maybe has a chance here, could do some things. Holger finally maybe started to show some signs, but I think this pick comes down to you alluded to it. He seems like a big match player, and if he's going to get up for anything, there's still a lot on the line to the race to the finals. 
this would be the match to do it. Yeah, definitely trying to uh, lock up a spot there. And I, I called him Big Match Runa for a reason. He does get up for these opponents. He's only, look, he's only four and six against top teners this year, but still a pretty good record when you consider uh, he beat Novak Djokovic. He had to play Novak Djokovic. And four and six against top 10 players is usually pretty good. I think that his ranking really is the reason why you would hope it would be better. But yeah, I mean, it's an example of a player playing himself into form. Um, I'm not, I wasn't, I actually texted you guys. I thought this was going to be a pretty tight line. I thought maybe Djokovic would open up minus 250 something like that um and i was ready to take the games with novak because i thought well yesterday he i don't know maybe he had some bad fish or something uh he he was fine and uh he you know he he used his tactics at the end there albeit ones that i don't really approve of um you know basically antagonizing himself for no reason against a, a, a crowd that was cheering for him all match but um yeah i think that runa I haven't really been that impressed, and, and Altmaier did have a, a lot of chances early in that first set uh, to really make an impact on that match, and he just couldn't take them. He's just not that good. But um, I thought Runa played himself into a little bit better form in that second set. And I also think there's something to be said for, you know, winning a few matches, even though Dominic team was basically sleepwalking out there at 2 a.m., and the next time out, Daniel Altmaier made, uh, I, I mean, it was probably over 50 unforced errors. I do feel like getting those two wins under your belt, you got a little more confidence now. You're playing a guy you, you're two and one against. You just beat on the clay earlier this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to win this match, but you see the the line I got yesterday at even money. It closed around, I think, minus 150 for plus uh, four and a half games. So, huge swing there. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a pretty tight match. You know, Runa knows Djokovic's patterns, and the forehands improved a lot over the last year. Yeah, it's probably all that chess he's been playing with Boris Becker uh, as well. But now this is and a the good shorts, of course, which we can do a whole segment on. <laughs> well, if you want, I mean, I was saving this for Zico, but Holger Rune short shorts. I mean, we've we've been noticing them, and good tip on both of you guys pulling him up as he goes out there. I don't know how much further he can go, honestly. One of them, one of them always goes higher. One side goes higher than the other two. Yeah, it's not it's like, like maybe his backhands, his backhands, his backhands pulls the left up or something. Like no, the right, he roll, he rolls up the right one, and then he faces he faces his right leg to the camera before he walks out. And then as he walks out, he's pulling he's pulling up his right short leg as he's walking out. It's it's almost like a crutch at this point, like the Shapovalov finger blow. Like it's like I don't know, but uh, the shorts are not designed to be that short. They're I think they're probably like six inch shorts at best. And he's just trying to make him three inch shorts as best he can. Yeah, I think you can go five and a half, but that's about as far as that the Nike guys will cut it. Uh, Zico also took his hat off last week, by the way. Sorry. I I also, you know what? And I think (laughs) there's something to be said. I think Holger has a personality, which is why I'm shocked about this. But between taking the hat off and going with the short shorts, it's like Ryan Howard in the office when he was like, Stanley's the crossword puzzle guy, Angela's the cat, you know, the cat guy. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to have a thing. I don't want to be a something guy. Runa's the opposite. Runa's like, I got to be known for the short shorts or something. He's he's desperate for something to be his trademark thing. And I guess it's, he's picked out short shorts. Could be Paris because this is where he won his big breakthrough title last year, beating all those top 10 guys. We'll see how the match goes. Uh, Zico, some cleanup. You locked the picks in early on record. Had a one-in-one day, and we'll start with the loss first. QB versus Dimitrov right there in it. Super close there. Grigor wins again. I'm surprised you went against Grigor given all the glowing reviews you said the last time we had a show. But QB was there and just seemed to run out of steam after this push he's been making at the very last end of the match. Yeah. You know, I think I'm at the point with Hubie where, like, if I see him at plus money against anybody that's not 
Djokovic, Alcaraz, or Medvedev, I, I think I would take it. I just feel like because of his serve, he has a chance of beating anyone on any given day. So I think that the value is generally there. Uh, I did a pretty good job backing him uh, in the Asian swing. And yeah, I thought there was a pretty good chance he'd win today. But yeah, I mean, Dimitrov yeah. has been so good too. So What's it was a tough one. I, 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 I was on Grigor, but I didn't give yeah. that one to Mitch because I thought we weren't. Yeah, but I was on Grigor there. I, I just thought the slice backhand was going to make Hubie a little more uncomfortable on the backhand wing. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it, it's hard to really fade him with, with what he's playing for. He's officially out now of the race to Turin, but he had a lot to play for. He's looking inspired. I also just think that final against Felix, he looked out of gas in yeah. that match. So the fact that he made it to the quarters here, I think was an incredible accomplishment. And someone pointed out on Twitter, this is now three or X. Sorry, I know present company. Um, I uh, This is now three straight years that Holger, or excuse me, that Hubert Hurkacz has finished inside the top 10. This guy is just a winner. Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. And that's what top players do. I know he's bummed that he didn't make the finals, but hey, still could get that alternate spot, which I think is 152K to just sit around, maybe see the sights, eat some pasta. Yeah. The, Cam, yeah. the Cam Norrie special. Good deal. <laughs> special, good deal if you can get it. Uh, but you did have one right, though, Zico, that we locked in. It was the money line on Sitsipas Hatchinoff, which, you know, they played a bunch. The Aussie Open semi comes to mind. And uh, Sitsipas finally, I mean, he hadn't beaten top players. I don't think he had a top 10, top 15 win, you know, going into that Zverev match yesterday. Yep. But look at Sitsipas now maybe getting some momentum. He's officially into Turin and, you know, starting to play and starting to do some things we like again out there. I was surprised that I got it at minus 160. It ended up going off at minus 195. But, yeah, when you look at the way he played against Zverev, I mean, he looks fully back, in my opinion. And then I think that, you know, you couple that with the 6-2 and two record against Hachinov previously, I just thought that was a really generous gift of the line, even though you had to lay a little bit of juice. And, yeah, he looked really good today. So there was that small hiccup second set where I thought that I jinxed us and I, I texted you guys. But, yeah, he looked great today. I, I, I also, I, yeah, we, we've, we, you and I have been on Pass, I think all week. I've been on him all week. I actually missed the boat on the minus 160. I got minus 170. So I parlayed him with uh, Grigor and uh, Andre Rublev. I was called a square by my square betting friends uh, for doing that. And they all lost money. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but, but no, I mean, I, I definitely think the demon uh, is, is the risky. I mean, it's funny how the odds escalated or got better in my favor as the legs of the parlay went on. But I actually am most worried about that Rublev leg. Um, but I mean, I, there's just so much clarity, I think, on the forehand wing. And we all know that he likes to... Uh, how he pronounces it, bully um, the players on the court with his forehand. And it, it's one of the biggest weapons on tour. I just think we forget it sometimes because mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't really go after it uh, all match and hasn't been for the last few months. But I think he's, um, except for like a little hiccup there in the second set, he's really just had a clear game plan. And you mentioned it, you know, going back to Apostolos. Like I, I think, I, I to me, I think, you know, it was good for him to ditch Apostolos for a few months, see what it was like without his dad as his coach, with just a, you know, a coach that hasn't known him for his whole life, who maybe isn't so hard on him. Um, but you know what? I think it didn't work. I think he realized his men, his his mindset was just not the same daddy, as it was with that. his dad. So, uh, uh, you know, hats off to Apostolos, man. What can I say? 
Yeah, go ahead, Zico. I, I, I used to think Apostolos was like too harsh on him, but the second that he went away, there were matches where Tsitsipas looked like he was like daydreaming on the court. There was no intensity. Like it seems like he really needs his dad to just kind of rein him in out there and just keep him focused. So yeah, it's tough love. Like it's it's a weird relationship, but I do think it brings out right. the best of him because yeah, it, even the last two weeks he wasn't winning, yeah. but he looked a yeah. lot more locked in on the court. He well, was playing with more passion. That's true, and those focus laps and dips are, are true. I also think, and you guys can chime in on this too, but some of the criticisms of his game and issues he have he has, they're against the top players too. Like, it's okay, he struggles against Alcaraz when he attacks his yeah. serve or jokes it. Like, we still have to remember it's a top 10, top 6 guy. And yes, he's having problems against the very best, but he's still one of the very best in the world. And I don't think we should judge him based on how he does against Alcaraz and Djokovic. <laughs> He's just not as good as Carlos Alcaraz. You learn very yeah. quickly, but That's I would say it's it's like going into work when the boss isn't there and you can kind of get away with some stuff. And I, I think he he just took that liberty when Apostolos wasn't there. He was like, Yeah, you know, I, I can I can he, I, I don't have to worry about someone constantly being on my case if you know I I, I lose focus in a business. Match. He's just dancing in his underwear when Apostolos. Yeah, is pretty away. much. No, that's whole Garuna dancing oh. in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't know the I, difference. He's gonna play in his I, underwear I, I, one day. I should mention as the as the court conditions guy too. Um, the, these courts, the players are saying that they're bouncing lower. That makes it pretty hard to you know get spin up on that backhand to make him uncomfortable from that side. So he's ripping the forehand. He's able to kind of block the backhand back. And I do think these are just kind of the perfect conditions for him. This is this is a tournament that I kind of feel like he can win. It it is, and I think it's it's a weird, unique play surface where it's bouncing low, but it's also you would think if it's a, a low bouncing court, it's fast. But it's right. not. It's a painfully slow indoor hard court. They actually last season sped it up because the players complained so much, and it, you would never know that this was a court that was sped up. It is very, very slow. Um, it, it's almost like Rotterdam. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. I, I would say it's a perfect situation for him. He likes a little time on the ball, as we've always talked about, and it, it makes his forehand that much hard to, harder to hit when he brings it with that pace and flattens it out right. a little bit, as he did today against Karen. Before we check back in on that Djokovic-Runa match, I want to point out, too, we got the final spot now with Hubie out of the mix. Demonor, remarkably, is the one still left, has a chance, too, if he goes all the way. Holger has this match against Djokovic today. We'll see what happens there. Zverev is pretty much in, but not officially. We'll see. He's, he's entered into play as an emergency substitute to play in Sofia. So, Zico, looking at this, now, now we have some clarity. How do you see this shaking out? Do you think anything jarring will happen to get us away from what the top eight are right now. I don't know. Cause I mean, like, sorry, we, I, we were talking about this before and I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around it, but demon Orwin needs to win the tournament in order for Holger to drop out. Right. I think if, and again, we're going off of it, but if Holger loses today, yes. then I, I still think I would have to, I don't think final is still good enough. Even if demon, he, he, no, the uh, deem, if demon wins and Holger loses today, uh, he would just eclipse Runa for the eighth spot. Zverev so is safe as long as Zverev is going to be safe as long as Runa uh, loses. But even yeah, Demon can get a max of thirty-five, sixty for the points this year, and uh, that would put yeah. him just below Zverev and just above Runa. So if Runa wins this match, Demon would be eliminated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So wow. yeah, I mean, it yeah. makes it pretty easy. I do, I don't think that we're going to see. So Demonar can't even take Zverev. He can't. Like, it's not physically possible. Demon, right. Demon cannot, but Runa can, obviously. So Runa. that's why Zverev is still watching uh, intently this tournament. But ah, yes, 
Demonor can only make the eighth spot, and it would wow. it would be pretty much it, it would be impossible if Runa wins today. But if he, okay. he he's only alive if Runa loses. Okay, well, we still a lot to talk about. Rublev and Demonar. I know we got one of you has some action on this match at least. Uh, Zico, thoughts on this match, this line, and uh, maybe the matchup on court as these guys are trying to get off the court a little earlier than everybody else this week. Yeah, I mean, I took Demonor to win a set. It's uh, minus 150. You know, they played two matches since 2022. Uh, Demonor won one of those in straight sets, and he lost the other in, in a three-setter. So I think it's a pretty safe bet to go with Demon to at least win one, especially considering, you know, if Holger loses this, he's going to have a chance at making the final. There's going to be a lot of motiva- motivation on his side. And actually, you know, Kenny just said it. This tournament is very con- uh, similar to Rotterdam. That's yeah. where he beat Rublev in straight sets. So I do think the conditions are pretty good for Demon Orr. And I don't know, Rublev just feels like a guy that can easily dip in level just at any moment. So I think that playing a player like Demon Orr who just makes you, like, you know, you have to play your best in order to beat him. That's a tough matchup for him. So I think that taking him to win a set is a safe play, even though, you, you know, Rublev might win in a, in a tight three-setter. Makes sense. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing about Rotterdam conditions, and that's that, that. But I will say also Rublev, I think, is playing – both men are playing better than they were back then, right? Rublev, I think this is the tennis of his career. Um, I, I ultimately think Demonor has played a lot, and – he might run out of gas here if this goes into a long three set physical match, which it, it probably will turn into. So I don't know. I mean, you're we'll see what happens here. I mean, the courts are obviously a little lower balancing than Rotterdam. So maybe that'll definitely favor Rublev, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a scary one for sure for me to close out my parlay. And uh, I don't know. I might actually consider cashing out if Rublev just takes the first set. Mm. Well, let's be, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was wondering if you're in the head zone, we've, Kind of seems like all the hedge discussion, Kenny, on the show revolves around. I'm not head. a big hedger, but th- this <laughs> is definitely a scary match. It'll, 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 I'll, you'll have to feel it out, right? I mean, if Rublev comes out dialed in with his ground strokes like he has been, I, you know, I don't know what, what more Demon can really mm-hmm. do. So we'll see. Before we check in on Djokovic Runa again and see where we are there, I got a topic for you guys. Late finishes on tour. Let's get excited, right? Let's just come, everyone's uh, up in the feelings. And I think. I guess I'll just turn it over to you because we haven't prepped how this discussion is going to go. But uh, Zico, thoughts on this? We know Sinner pulled out of his event. But more than that, I think the players past and present rallying around him is what I kind of want to focus on. So our late finish is a real issue on tour, especially at this point in the season as the calendar reaches month 11. They're definitely an issue, and they're a huge issue in my opinion when it's like, you know, matching an early session ends early. And you just have three hours to kill until a night session starts for kind of like no reason. I feel like the solution is to get everyone there sooner. And if the match needs to start sooner, it starts sooner. Like, I don't don't think you could have people waiting around, you know, players waiting around if there's time on court that could be available. And similarly, not to, you know, I don't want to just destroy Sinner here, but, you know, you just have to deal with it and keep playing. Like, I feel like the fact that he withdrew is just super lame is the nicest way I could say it. <laughs> Can we put the uh, Mackenzie McDonald Instagram story up on screen? Because he was in lockstep with Zico and I. He posted from his flight home, who isn't a little fatigued nowadays, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So Ooh. I think he he was definitely right. throwing some shade at center wow. for pulling out there. And, I mean, here's the thing. If Andy Murray can finish after 2 a.m. at – the, the city open and come back out the next day. And that guy is, I mean, he is an, a cranky old man. And that was what, three years ago, four years ago. I mean, I, I, 
Sinner should should be out there. He should. Uh, at bottom line, I have like, a. I, I'm going to go devil's advocate here, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think the scheduling him at the day session was kind of absurd. Like I get I get the point, but they didn't even put him on one of the night matches. So there is that. I just think that all the points you made are valid, but this is going to keep being happening. It's going to be an issue for the tournaments. Like players are going to pull out more. Maybe no, they're not. not. I think they're they not going to pull out a Paris Masters. There's no way. You're telling me that Daniel Altmaier, who needs these points, you think nothing's going to change? Because I think that I think this will actually lead to change. I don't. I was surprised I, I he did it on the Masters. I, yeah, it's just complicated I, because you have a situation where you can't really split up the courts for pay, you know people who paid to see two night session matches on center court. It's just hard to it's hard to do that. Yeah. I think under extenuating circumstances like what we saw. Maybe if it's like, you know, 1230 a.m., you set up, you set a, a time where you're like, OK, well, now we're going to split it up because we just have to. Yeah, um, I mean, but fair. I think you do have to try to make every effort to, to have those matches happen on center court. But it it's tough because you never six know, like a, a player like could be a lot, upset in the break and then lose. Yeah. Like it's 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 that's what tennis is. Right. There's no clock. So it's it's really hard. I don't think any other I gotta, tournament. I could be wrong, but I don't think any other tournament has six matches on their center center court. We have to look into that. It could be off, though. Because it is a lot, question I would was... say. It, two should be the max for the night session. Agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I was just going to say, because the question was clearly, do you guys hate Yannick Sinner? <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that it's disappointing on his end especially because I do feel like the one thing that I'm having trouble getting over the hump with him is just like the mental, physical, and emotional just like toughness because the game is there. For Sinner. And like we both, you know, kind of came, Kenny and I have both kind of come around on him as like, you know, a potential Australian Open, potential, you know, 2024 major champion. And it's like, in order to win that, he's going to have to show some championship like fortitude. And just seeing him drop out of a Masters 1000 Mm -hmm. because of that is a little disappointing because I need to see him like show that he has some toughness. If well, I don't want to be that guy too, right? But like, would Novak Djokovic do that? Would Carlos Alcaraz do that? Would Daniil Medvedev do that? Those are the the, the three titans in this in this on this tour. Sissipas, you could mention yeah. as well. So, I just want I just want to be clear though. One thing, and it's a question. We can move on. If he would have played the next day and lost like one and one, would you guys have been like, oh, at least he put? Like, would you have been like, yes, That's I would have been like, I think I would have. Yeah, I think it, like <laughs> I just, yeah, I think dropping out of a Masters like this is like okay. was Fair shocking. Enough. Yeah. Especially for the Karota boys, all his fans out there, you know, yeah. people paying yeah. to see him the next day, even if he does. And also, by the way, let's talk about the fact that he is way better when he's tired, which we've which we've all said. <laughs> you know, he's he just he has that arm where he just when he swings freely, yeah. it, it's tough. Like it's tough to beat this kid. He just hits through you. So I don't know. I mean, it's it, it are they are physically taxing courts with how slow they are, but. He, I mean, this is his thing. And I mean, I don't know, maybe he's trying to preserve his indoor record because he's really good indoors. Maybe he's like, well, if I, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but it's something, it's something stupid. That's the bottom line. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Uh, More tennis bets here. 
Zachary Cohn, Kenny Ducey, Mitch Michaels. We're on the Tennis Channel, YouTube, Tennis Bets, Twitter, Tennis.com, Facebook, and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Checking in on the Djokovic-Runa match. Are we at five all in that one? We are not, but uh, it's 40-30 as they they rally here. I I will say, um, you know, Runa, his level right now looks as good as I've seen it ever from him. Um, which is not the, I really did not think I disagreed with Zico that yesterday he looked really good, but he looks very good today. And that I think has a lot to do with his opponent has a lot to do with the occasion. He's big match Runa. Well, that's, and that's a good place to kind of keep this going on because big match Runa look, I mean, say what you want about him. We could even say the same against other players like Ben Shelton. Maybe he brings his best against the best players, but you have to get to this point anyway. He hasn't gotten there playing his best tennis, Zico, but he's gotten here, and now it's time for the level race, and so far, so good. Yeah, there's something kind of amazing about, like, when these guys do need a win. Like, even you saw it with Felix. You know, that's the end of the season. He's starting to defend some points, and all of a sudden, he's playing better tennis kind of out of nowhere. Like, it's, it's I don't know if it's, you know, the surroundings bring back good memories, or it's just, like, literally the kick in the butt that they need to start playing well because they're defending the points, but... It was really, really ugly from Runa for a very long time. And then, like, these last two, three weeks started, and he's starting to find something. Last week, I thought there were, you know, flashes. It wasn't as consistent as we're seeing right now. But, yeah, like, all of a sudden, he looks kind of like himself. And it's interesting because I know that they said that his serve motion was hurting his back. Has he changed that at all that you guys have noticed? Like, I haven't really seen anything noticeable. No, I don't think so. No, I've not, not a difference in the serve. Not not noticeable on my end either. Uh, before we would talk about some WTA final stuff, uh, Kenny, just these odds up here, and I know they move around with points and whatever happens, but is there a moment in this match where you would think about you know, attacking at live betting or just in general your theory of a match when the odds are like this? When do you jump in and who would you back? I mean, I would have jumped in earlier, to be fair, Runa. I mean, I think uh, yesterday I, I took a little bite out of plus 370. Uh, he closed, I think, around plus 300. And to me, I still don't think that these odds fairly reflect the player that we've seen playing in the first set. Now, um, the probability of Djokovic winning this match, especially serving from uh, with the lead, you know, that 4-5 that service game got really tight. Um, I would definitely still make him a minus 300 favorite, maybe a little bit shorter than that, maybe like minus 280. But again, I, I still think that this price on Runa is far too big. And I, again, I think that there is not enough of an adjustment being made right now for the player that we're seeing. Um, and this isn't a, a, a spot where, you know, you can take an advantage, you can take advantage of the computer setting these odds where it's like, you know, yes, maybe Runa statistically did not really play as well as he could have the last two days, you know, double faults, coughing up break points out of nowhere, lapses in focus, but we have not seen that today. So I, I don't really understand why he wouldn't be a little bit closer uh, to Novak Djokovic in terms of his probability to win this match. So I would actually get in get in live here because I think he looks right. really good. I think he's playing with good patterns. And, um, you know, Djokovic is is closing him down at the net on a lot of these points, but he's he's doing damage and he's he's pushing him back. So I think he could win this match. All right, we'll check in before we wrap up, but I did want to get to the WTA finals. We're in the last day of group play. Got a makeup match, and then the last group going through. Uh, Zico, this is what the updated futures look like as of this morning. Iga hasn't won our group yet, but is getting really close to a plus 150. Dismantled Coco in their match. Uh, now 9-1 to one head-to-head. Pagula undefeated wins her group, plus 300. Sablank and then golf. Some options as well. Uh, with players still alive. But thoughts, uh, Zico, on uh, this future market going into the final day of round robin action? Yeah, so I had wrote this up for tennis.com and I have Ego to win at like plus 260. I think that I would still take her at plus 150 just because 
I texted it to you yesterday. Like, I think she is playing as well as she has at any point in her career right now. There were some ugly moments in that second set against Coco. But, you know, for the most part this year, I thought that her forehand was a little bit shaky. And I think that that was kind of bringing down her overall confidence. She's hitting that shot in the court a lot more again. I think she's taking a little bit of pace off, hitting it deeper, hitting it in the court. And her serve, you know, was good whenever it needed to be against Coco. And like I said uh, in a few days ago and in that preview, she's playing for the world number one, and there's a really good chance she gets it. I mean, if Sabalenka loses yeah. this match to Rabakina, she's down in the second set, there's a good chance she'll, you know, miss the semifinals entirely. That would set up a situation where Iga needs to just win and gets in. She wouldn't even need to worry about, you know, Sabalenka losing in the semis. And I do think that compared to most other players, I do think Iga places a lot of importance on being the world number one. Yeah, and I, I can't fit everything into a graphic, Kenny, before I toss it to you, but she gets to the final. She keeps number one for Sabalenka. Iga needs to win the title to get it regardless, but also we need Sabalenka to lose before there. So there's still a lot at stake here. And uh, I did want to get to, you know, don't overlook Jesse Pagula. 15-0 now after winning the first set. She gets to the semifinal round and win a match, won a match yesterday. Kenny, she didn't really need to. So Pagula, say what you want about these conditions and the scenario, but she's looking pretty comfortable out there. Yeah, she's taking care of business. I mean, I think Rabakin has come out and looked pretty good in this tournament. I actually have a live wager on her from when she was down against Sabalenka. And then, of course, the match got suspended due to rain. What's new in uh, Cancun? Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think Jesse's played incredible tennis. I still am a little interested in her at plus 300. I know, though I do say, you know, like Zico, Iga's still the best player in this field. She's got a lot to play for. She really, theoretically, I mean, especially without – needing to go another week of tennis uh i you know it, it's it's not like this is a long road to her winning this tournament so i think plus 150 is a little mm -hmm. a little bit too uh too long on her to be honest to win yeah. this tournament so i would i would i would still say if i had to make a bet right now on who's going to win i would i would probably go with Iga just because i i think she should yeah. roll jabir um tonight and you know yeah. she already she already took care of coco coco played really well in that match had her chances had a break lead in the second um just just no nonsense all business match for Iga. so i mean she looks great I, I think she's probably gonna win this tournament i think Iga is the michael jordan i took it personal with the coco talk about you know it's a new era everything now nine and one head to head uh coco vondrasova the other match some pretty steep odds in that one vondrasova now outspoken all of a sudden uh for obvious reasons but there's that one and uh Zico, I did want to ask you this one, right? Street question. Pagula in 2023, The Undertaker at WrestleMania. What's more impressive? <laughs> God, you know, I want to give Pagula some love, but The Undertaker streaks, it's, it's too yeah. good. And it's not He's like that's a fake this, this is not, anything, by so. the way, this is not, an, I mean, it's not that impressive of a stat. It's really not. It's not. Because if you look at every, no, I'm serious. If you look at, at men, the men's game, at least, if you look at any pop, 15 player, their record, top 20 player, top 25 player, actually, because I was just looking at this with Sarundalo the other day when I had Casper Rude and I was I was trying to cling to any hope that Casper would come back and win that match. Most, if not all top 25 players, they, they're like maybe one or two losses from a setup. So it's very rare. And I think Pagula is clearly one of the five best women in the world. So I'm not very surprised that she's 50 and 0. I mean, maybe, maybe it's like a little more impressive than if she was like 48 and two, but I would not expect her to be like something like 40 and 10. Um, uh -huh. So let, let's, you should put it in perspective, still an accomplishment to never lose from a setup, but nothing like the undertaker at WrestleMania. I gotcha. And I would just say maybe the better stat would be, and I don't know off the top of my head, but like her 
against top 10, top 20 players, what that stat looks like and how many of those wins were against good players versus, you know, the easy early matches in the draw. Anything else in the women's tournament before we uh, look back at Paris and bid adieu? You guys got anything? I guess, I, I guess two quick things. I'm really impressed with Pagula's power from the baseline, and it's funny because she kind of she was speaking about it with Steve Weissman after her match against Sabalenka, where she had more miles per hour from both the forehand and backhand side than Sabalenka. She was like, you know, I'm actually a power player, and people don't really realize it. I did not realize it. Like, it's something about it just doesn't look like the strokes are as powerful as some of her opponents, but they they clearly are, I mean, statistically speaking. So that's, you know, something that I guess I'm taking an L on. <laughs> and then I would say about the match today with Goff and Vondrusova, I don't know if I think Vondrusova is going to win, but I do think there's a pretty good chance she wins a set in that match, and it's like minus 110 or something. I just thought that Coco's forehand fell apart again against Iga in a way that was like, a little concerning because she was missing it bad and then it was you know visibly getting to her emotionally she looked like you know she was breaking down a few times on the court and i was kind of like a throwback to last year's wta finals where it all kind of you know fell apart for her and you know that shot's been so sturdy for her throughout this incredible run she's been on but if it goes away at any point like her opponents have a chance to beat her no matter what yeah i think that's a pretty pretty sound analysis and someone that's had some high variance at times. So we'll have to see how this keeps going. I mean, the WTA finals wrapping up their year, uh, as we bid adieu on this show, it's still six, five. I'm seeing 30 all in that game. How's it looking, Kenny, from your perspective, Holger starting to shake or is it still not, just tooth and nail? Not really. He just crushed a, a, an ace up a tee that was called out a challenge. So he's going to have a game point here. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's handled, it's been 30 all in his last two service games. Actually, they're going to say the replay, the point, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Cause Novak Djokovic got like the top of his frame on it. But um, no, I, I would say 30 all at four or five 30 all here with the big serve, even though it, it got called out. Um, and uh, you know, I think he's played really well under pressure. So okay. yeah, I, 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 I'm liking what I'm seeing right now from Runa. I really am. So if we wrap this with looking ahead to, I guess, ATP finals, I know there's next gen. There's wow, what a, sorry, what a point. Okay. <laughs> Djokovic got two overheads back and Runa hit a crazy, yeah. crazy uh, backhand volley at the net to win the point. But yeah, I mean, sorry, who, go ahead, Mitch. Who would be your dark horse to go all the way as of now? We still see we, we're going to do shows during the finals, but in Turin, outside of the, the Djokovic's and the Alcaraz's, and I would even throw Medvedev in that top tier, who's next up to go all the way? I give Sitsipas a shot. I mean, the way he's playing right now and, you know, looking at the way that Alcaraz is playing right now, like if he faces Alcaraz in a match there, he's not going to feel, you know, as hopeless as he normally does because Carlos has not played good tennis, has not played a lot of tennis. So I think that there's an outside shot we see Sitsipas, you know, with, with a big, big win there that week. I totally agree. Um, you know, it, it's hard to remember that he won this event back in 2019 because he hasn't advanced past the group stage since. But um, a guy that clearly, you know, knows this this event very well, he's used to it. And I, I would also say, like I said on our previous show this week, that speaking to the Alcaraz uh, point, this is a tournament where the top players often, I mean, especially a guy like Alcaraz, who's played so many matches. Yeah. I know I know Tsitsipas has as well, but, you know, clearly not showing the effects like Alcaraz is. This is an event where, you know, you see some of the top players go down all the time. I think Tsitsipas beat Federer at that event, and Federer just destroyed Djokovic 
who was exhausted, um, you know, even just from his group stage matches there, he had a, a banger against Dominic team, but like, it, it's an event where anybody can beat anybody yeah. besides like the seven, eight guys, usually like the guy, like Schwartzman, Berrettini, Nori, all those guys that are just happy to be there. They never really pose a threat, but I, I do think that if you're ever going to, if he's ever going to get Alcaraz and we look just, back, yeah. you know, years from now at the head to head, it's, this is going to be one of those matches. And I, I can't wait to be like, Oh, but that didn't matter because it was the <laughs> ATP finals, but it really doesn't. Like, I think that this is a situation where, Sitsipas is going to have his best chance ever to get mm. Carlos, frankly, to get Novak as well. I mean, I know, yeah. I know he's still winning matches, and he, you know, he he has a set point here against Runa, but um, he's, you know, there, he's also, you know, older now. He's played a longer schedule than um, I'm sure that he has in the last few years because of the COVID restrictions, and yeah. who knows? I like Sitsipas here. I do. I mean, I would also say if I if I need to give a dip, a different dark horse, I would probably say uh, Alexander Zverev. He's a guy also with a lot to prove. Um, who's also looking really good right now and dangerous and like you know like his former top self. So I would yeah I would say he's a guy I would look at. Oh, did Djokovic just miss that? No, they're gonna call it in. Is Sorry, Djokovic hit a swing a swing volley. He did not need to hit. Um, he I think he just so. caught some of the line. And of course, he's getting the crowd into it, who have been against him all week, right? According yeah. to Novak Djokovic. So that line. Here's your gambling uh, update of the day. That line jumped to 750 on the set point, and now it's a 2200 with Djokovic taking the first set. So the swings of tennis betting. I would just add to those amazing points you guys made about the final. The Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport with the women's side said it's also a good thing if you're in the same group with someone that might have your number, because that means you won't have to face them in the semis. So. Yep. Could be something there to see when the draw comes out. Well, fellas, this was fun. We're gonna, you know, adjourn for a week. We'll come back for the ATP finals where we'll have a couple shows, dates to be determined, but a lot of good, exciting action still to come on tennis bets. Follow Zachary, follow Zachary Cohen on tennis.com. Follow both these guys on Twitter. Kenny handing out some daily picks as well. We've got a lot to discuss. Gentlemen, it's been fun. The season's still going. We've got a lot of tennis to talk about. Get in on the action on tennis bets and uh, listen to the podcast on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well. For Kenny Ducey and Zachary Cohn, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for watching or listening to Tennis Bets. We'll see you soon. Have some fun and make a little money out there. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.